0: Ain't nobody gonna love oh, this shit boy, I can't we all change right, yeah. like huh I mean, I've always kind of believed in aliens. I don't know if I believe in flying saucers.
1: You like might as well just walk up like to Cupid while he's on his lunch break, it's you know, crank the heat
0: like or something, yeah. Punch yeah. Him right in the face, punch a <laughs> little baby right in. We'll see that. We're almost uh, three minutes into our sports podcast and yet to bring up not one sport. You over there, you over there, all
1: you all right, welcome in episode 105 of the Hawk Ritz podcast. I'm Travis Jadon, Spencer Maddox with me as always. We got to cut right to the chase, Spencer. Two years ago today, we're recording on March 7th, um, episode 105. Two years ago today, we released our first episode and now what? what uh, over 100 episodes later, um, still going on the Hawk Ritz podcast, but two years strong, dude. So happy birthday, to us here on the Hawkrits podcast. Do you feel a year older, Spencer? Uh, I feel so much
0: older than a year. Well, it's been 2 years, so I I feel so much older than just 2 years, you know what I mean? Yeah. I've matured that's... in ways that I didn't <laughs> think were possible and possibly I've, you know, regressed in some areas. Um no, Yeah, you know. <laughs> that's definitely
1: possible. That's definitely possible.
0: What's what's wild is that 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 means we've averaged out to literally one episode a week despite there being like i think one or two times where we took like a month off you know what i mean for vacation or we just like couldn't make it <laughs> yeah. happen well so
1: we like, did we did like 23 straight i remember and then like episode 24 was like like episode 23 came out and then it, and this was still during the pandemic and then it was like 31 days later episode 24 came out and I, i've listened to it recently <laughs> Episode 24, and we just come back on and we go, and we don't have to explain shit to you fuckers. We don't have to come back <laughs> on it, <right? laughs> I don't
0: Ooh. remember that, but that's funny.
1: Yeah, we've grown up, uh, we've grown up slightly. Um, and hopefully, third year, third year's the charm,
0: I think. Yeah. So. Podcasting
1: sure, yeah. years are sort of like it's like dog years. We're only two in human years, but well, I guess we're three now. Are we three? Like, we just turned three, right?
0: No, no. We just turned two. We just turned two. We just turned two. See, you count by how many years you've been, you know, going. We oh, just turned okay. two. We've been doing it two years. Yeah.
1: Well, that that takes away from my whole third year's the
0: charm bit. Don't – well, no, no, no. This is our third year, but we're two years old. Don't overthink it, dude. Don't overthink okay. it. Okay. I've never been a math math's guy. Math's not your thing. Yeah, yeah. Not, <laughs> math's not your thing. It's all good. All
1: right. Let's hit on one more happy birthday. Happy birthday to our guy, Coach's Corner owner and the Atlanta Braves' personal good luck charm, John Henderson. John Henderson, a little older than three years old, but happy birthday to him March 7th as well. Um, We are super thankful for Coach's Corner, for them being our title sponsor for a long time now. Uh, You guys know them. You love them. 912-352-2933 to call ahead. 3016 East Victory Drive. Coach's Corner is your spot for March Madness. March Madness College basketball right around the corner with selection Sunday happening this Sunday. So you want to like, get your mind, right? Get ready to go to coaches for the cold beers, hot wings, and 156 trillion televisions. Tell your server or bartender that the hot Grits podcast sent you and they'll hook it up on that bill a little bit. Um, you guys already know about Brandon Bain, Rubbin' and grubbing show uh, as well as Carl DeMasi on Wednesdays and Saturday nights coaches, corner concerts, um, basically every week they got daily specials daily lunch specials to go um with your cold beers as well and check them out on facebook and coaches.net so thankful just for going happy concerts
0: birthday. over there dude dude they yeah, have so many, concerts cover bands, over there, dude.
1: so many cover bands yeah
0: it's nuts and uh yeah straight up happy birthday johnny h dude the hairline looking good looking good for that age uh roughly you know he's like just a little bit better than mine in the hair department. So, you know, jealous. Yeah, well, That's good.
1: a low bar, dude. Your hairline is not exactly a thing of beauty.
0: Whatever, dude. I've seen yours too. Whenever you pull it back in the headband.
1: You know, people think I look like Dansby Swanson. They say that.
0: No one thinks that. No one thinks yeah, that. No, all you good. Know, they no do say
1: that. that. They do say that. I wouldn't just make that up. They say I look like Dansby Swanson. And you're going to have to come to terms with that and accept it at some point. Did I lose you? Oh, what a classic time for Spencer to bail out right when I start talking about how great I look. How fucking convenient is that? Okay, Spencer went missing for a second. That was convenient right when we were acknowledging how great I look and how much I look like Dansby Swanson. Um, Spencer, now that you're back, should we start with the most important story, not just in sports, but probably in the entire world? The most important story out there. Forget about a war going on in Europe. Forget about that. Coach Mike Krzyzewski coached his last game at Cameron Indoor Stadium. And I don't know if you've heard you about this. You are so man. bitter, dude. Because, listen, listen to me, dude. It, it has been all about Shoshevsky, Not about his players. Not about his program. It's about him. The old man and the sea, just sitting there on the sidelines coaching a bunch of boys who – you know they had no chance to win the game versus North Carolina Saturday night in Shashevsky's last game because it was all about him. Too much pressure on his players, and it cost them. I'm so glad that they got their ass beat. Duke did against North Carolina. I know that you are a Coach K apologist and that you love them. So I'll give you a, I'll give you the floor here before I go in well, another. Well, rant.
0: here's the thing, dude. I thought we both agreed that we were now college basketball bandwagon fans. Like we, we are have dude, turned we're away. F- Yeah, I know. But we've turned away from our old, you know, fandom. You were a North Carolina fan. I was a Duke fan forever and ever and ever always. And we always talk shit to each other about that. But I thought we agreed that we were going to allow ourselves one bandwagon fan and that I was now an Auburn fan this year and that you were, I don't know, somebody else because your team sucked.
1: Listen to me, dude. It doesn't matter if I'm a North Carolina fan or not. This was all about Coach K. I'm not the only one saying this.
0: Okay. I just wanted to set set that up for context. All right. Um, yeah, I thought it was hilarious. Even though I am a Coach K guy, uh, way too much pressure on those players. You were right. Um, they kept uh, Jay Williams. They kept cutting to Jay Williams, whom I hate, uh, because he was my favorite player, and then notably missed two important free throws in the final four when I was like literally ten years old. Um, Choke kept City. cutting to him, and he he's doing the timeout signal when they're down by ten, dude. Like. <laughs> Oh, oh man, it was. What are you doing? Having all those guys come back and oh in? Oh my god! Stands? Every player
1: that ever played for Coach K was back. You know, all of the white guys, all the legends, of the white guys, plus Grant Hill, plus Jay Williams, plus all those guys, and then Spencer. They, they, you know, as ESPN does with their love fest for Coach K, they're cutting to the to to the stands after every commercial, and most of the times they're showing people that aren't in any way related to Duke in no way, shape or form, but they all paid. It was $5,000 for the most expensive ticket. They all can. The students camped out guys like Jerry Seinfeld were there. He yeah. Didn't go to Duke. Uh, guys like Kyler Murray. He didn't go to Duke. Nothing to do with Duke. Um, I mean, I, I was honestly shocked that LeBron James wasn't there because coach K is his favorite person ever. Um, he also said that Coach K is his favorite coach that he's ever played for, which is hilarious. All he did was play like a summer exhibition schedule under Coach K, and then easily won a gold medal. Like, yeah. of course, you had a great time playing for Coach K. Then, but I did yeah, let it you do was whatever you so wanted perfect. to do. It was so fucking perfect that all those bastards were there to watch Coach K lose. And then, on top of it all, look. First off, not to mention all of the students who college students, you know, don't have a lot of money generally, are camping out for months, for weeks, camping out in Krzyzewskiville, which is, you know, named for Krzyzewski. What else is new uh, at Duke? They're all camping out, and they all come and just watch the funeral, just to watch the funeral. Uh, it was so great. It was like if you hate Duke and if you hate Coach K, this could not have worked out any better from start to finish. And I'm still giddy about it.
0: Like, like I said, I'm a former Duke fan. I still pull for them when I watch them play. I was definitely pulling for them over North Carolina, but it was undeniably funny to watch that on mute, uh, which I'm guessing not a lot of people did the post game, uh, you know, where they're giving him the award and he's just standing there. Like you can't hear anything. He's not smiling. He's not like showing any emotion. They're they the cheerleaders are holding up like this plaque where he's got like his army jersey on there. He's, he's got, he's Bro, got he, like all the Duke stuff. Hilarious, dude! And he's just standing there looking at them. It looks so awkward. Back, and like, he,
1: go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So he comes back and does an impromptu like steps to the microphone, like not part of the ceremony post game, but right when he comes on, in classic Shostakovich fashion, he just tells basically the whole crowd to shut up, shut up. I'm talking. And he's apologizes to them for getting that for, for Duke getting its ass beat um, in his last home game. And they're all trying to cheer. And he's like, no, no, shut up. Let me talk. Let me talk. I'm sorry about that. That's unacceptable. And it was just so funny. <laughs> Actually, let's here. I'm going to cut this in right here. Let's let our listeners hear what he had to say in case they were listening on mute.
2: <laughs> this isn't part of the program. This is impromptu by me. I'm sorry. About this afternoon. That no, please. No, please. Everyone be quiet. Let me just say. It's unacceptable.
1: All right. So there's Shashevsky <laughs> in his fucking feelings, dog. After the game. Uh, look, I we haven't been too into college basketball, but this was a great way. A great way to get back into March Madness.
0: I'm looking forward to March Madness, dude. I've already got my I've already got my squad. I've even got a B squad, dude. Who's your I've B squad? I've got my B squad, Houston. Houston's always my B squad. I loved them last year with Quentin Grimes. Um, I'm starting to watch them a little bit more. I think they're ranked like 15th right now. Always my yeah. dark horse.
1: Houston's legit. Um, if we're if we're, I guess, does Houston count as a mid major?
0: I gonna, I don't. They're so like consistently good. I feel like they're better than your typical mid-major. You know so what like I mean?
2: Yeah,
1: like in terms of mid-majors, like the gold standard would be Gonzaga, who literally, like they are still a mid-major based on the conference they're yeah. in, Gonzaga is. But they've been so good for so long, you know, like 100-time regular season champions, uh, that they've literally elevated themselves out of that. It was almost like Boise State and football tried to do that um yeah. you know, like five, ten years ago and they had a good thing going, but it just wasn't sustained. But I so Gonzaga, the gold standard, Houston's pretty close. I love Missouri or uh, Murray State, the Racers. Have you seen yeah. them play?
0: See see, all right, let's have let's have a discussion on what constitutes a mid-major. I don't consider you a mid-major just because you play in a conference that would like normally be considered a mid-major conference. That's not what I do. Oh, if okay. you're a school who elevates themselves randomly, like once every five years to being in the tournament, you're mid-major. Gonzaga is not a mid-major, dude. They're a powerhouse. They're there every year. Houston, I don't consider a mid-major by Spencer's own definition of mid-major. That's not a I mid-major either.
1: I like this, though. Let's keep going on this. So other qualifications to be a mid-major, I think, if you can yeah. name, the, if the school is named in its entirety, say Murray's Murray State. And you yeah. still don't know what state of the country they play in?
0: Exactly, that's a, that's mid-major. a mid-major,
1: pal. That's like a mid-major Houston, Houston. You know it's in Texas, obviously. But when when I see that one of the automatic bids already in the tournament is a school named Longwood, which is by the way an incredible name. I mean, a lot of dude. jokes <laughs> have to do with Longwood.
0: Uh, Mid- Longwood no has school. mid-major written all over it, bro. Yes, dude. All of
1: Longwood, it. average size in- wood
0: so another this could be a dude this is a forever hot grits game we haven't had one of these in a while this is now so anytime you another qualification for me all right if you bring up a school if i bring up a school and you go oh yeah that's a school that's a mid-major immediately like houston's way too well known of a school to be a mid-major it's not like a damning you know like it's, it's not like an automatic qualification to be a school but if if that's if if you like barely remember that that's school and it gets brought up, that's a mid major to me. So now we'll always be playing. Is that school a mid major? I love this game. This this is a forever staple now.
1: All right, let me add one more qualification right. to mid majors. If your school is literally the name of a person, first last name, such as Jimmy Madison, James Madison,
0: George George Mason,
1: George Mason, Oral Roberts. Mid mid majors all
0: over it, dude. (laughs) These are mid majors.
1: Um, Yes. So you're gonna watch the conf? I'm I'm gonna watch conference tournament this week, real heavy. SEC tournament, ACC tournament, and then like, look, this is where you win your bracket. Is these next four days? If you can convince yourself to watch half an hour of a game that you would have never watched before, like you're gonna know more about that team when when they show up on your bracket instead of just looking at, oh, they're, they're a 10 seed or, you know, everyone loves this team, but you've seen them play. If you can just do that, that's that's the way to win the bracket, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. I, like, typically watch probably 75 to 80% of the ACC tournament um, just because usually it's the tournament I watch every year. And yeah, then I watch like, not the this SEC year. championship team. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, the SEC like, tournament the- is going to be a gauntlet this year. I know Georgia plays Wednesday night, eight thirty. I think eight o'clock versus Vanderbilt. That'll be Tom Crean's last game as the head coach for Georgia. (laughs) Spencer, can I tell you that Kirby Smart has still, we're in March, pal. Kirby Smart has still won more games in 2022 than Tom Crean. That's unreal. That's That's impossible. That's impossible. I don't know if, if a team Tom from Creen's, the state of Georgia is even going to make the tournament, bro. Georgia if, State if, right, last so if chance. The,
0: if the miraculous happens, and I, I I hate keep to keep trying to find a way to save Tom Crean's job on this podcast, but <laughs> if miraculous happens and Georgia makes a run to the SEC championship game, does Tom Crean keep his job? No. Okay. Fair enough. He's dead. He's, so he's dead on arrival no matter what happens here.
1: I think if Georgia – they'd have to win – the SEC tournament and then they might even have to win a game in the NCAA tournament for him to keep I mean this thing is a done deal, pal. They won one game in the SEC all year. That's terrible. All you have to do is show up and you can win two games. Yeah. And they won one.
0: Um it's like writing you, your name on the SAT.
1: Do you care at all that a t- no, no team from the state of Georgia is probably going to make the NCAA tournament? Again, I think Georgia State um, is playing in the Sunbelt title game. I don't know if that's already happened or not, but they would be the only team that had a shot at making it. Do you care at all about that?
0: Um, no, because I'm not a Georgia Tech fan and I'm conditioned to Georgia being bad at basketball. So no, I, I don't really care. Um it would be nice, man. Like I would I would be a Georgia basketball fan if they were ever good. Like, or even like halfway decent if they didn't just not suck. Like I went through too much of that being a hawks fan to like watch you know 25 georgia basketball games where they're losing 75 percent of them no thanks bro
1: yeah and it's like a chicken or the egg type thing like i've always thought that um and look i'm a fan of chicken chickens and eggs so don't get me confused here but like i've always thought that it's the job of the school and the program to put a product on the floor to attract the fans It's not the job of the fans to support the program being shit. You know what I mean? Like, so when people say, oh, Georgia doesn't root for, like, Georgia fans don't care about basketball. They don't care because they suck. If they didn't suck, and you don't have to make the tournament every year, just make, like, you should be contending for an NCAA tournament bid once every three years, and you should win more
0: games than you lose. That's not asking too much. If Georgia had a top 25 program, those students would be there in droves, dude. They they replenish themselves every 4 years. So the last set of students doesn't necessarily reflect this set of students as fans. You know what I mean? If you yeah. got if you got even something resembling a good basketball program, they'd be there. But that's never been the case and they've always been a loser. So I mean, I don't know, bro. It's squarely on the It's just ridiculous that all these other schools like Alabama while clearly focusing on football and putting all their resources into that can still put like an acceptable product on the floor and Georgia can't figure it out, dude. And Georgia's a better school for basketball than Alabama ever thought about being like, yeah, it's not like a lot of five stars
1: are coming out of, uh, excuse me.
0: Yeah.
1: It's not like a lot of five stars are coming out of Birmingham every year, but Atlanta is Atlanta is, you know, by many people's account, the high school basketball capital of the country like atlanta is where the aau tournaments are happening and every single year there's three stars four stars and five stars coming out of an area within a two-hour radius of athens and georgia still can't figure out how to attract those players to come to georgia not even like exclusively just every now and then um so like hopefully they fucking figure it out at some point but they'll play wednesday night they'll lose Tom Crean will um, be pacing up and down the sidelines for the final time as the Georgia Bulldogs head basketball coach. I'm guaranteeing that now. Um, well, Spencer, I want to like, we, we can move on from college basketball, but first I talked yeah. to our guy, uh, I talked to our guy, Johnny Carr today. We're going to do the bracket challenge again for the second year in a row. Hot podcast go. and John Carr realtor. It'll be free to enter the tournament challenge. We'll post links on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll make sure that we tell you guys fully how to get there, but just get your mind ready for that. John Carr's going a sponsor the Bracket Challenge again, $150 cash to the winner, and you get to come on the podcast and claim your prize. Um, So Selection Sunday, this Sunday, right after the Bracket is announced, we will have the Hack podcast group open, and then we'll send out the password for you to enter. Again, free to enter, 100% free to enter. All you got to do is sign up, on ESPN.com through their bracket challenge game. And if you win, you'll get $150 cash from our guy, Johnny Carr, the number one real estate agent, Spencer, in the whole world. He backed up his $1.7 million January sales with $1.5 million in February. So this guy is just, just
0: stupid numbers.
1: Rolling, dude. Numbies on deck for John Carr. Call him today if you wanna buy or sell real estate. 912. John Carr Realtor over at Seaport Real Estate. We appreciate him sponsoring our podcast every week and also sponsoring our bowl challenge and bracket challenges
0: um, for the last two years. So right. And notably I'm gonna be a part of this challenge. So you you gotta you gotta go well, up against the best this time.
1: No one will ever forget that we promoted our bowl challenge forever and you didn't get in it. That is I, I, I had forgotten about that actually till just now. But that is a legendary fuck up on your part.
0: <laughs> I think and it's just on brand, dude.
1: Right on brand, perfectly on yeah. brand.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. I'm gonna be in it and I'm gonna be doing my research. You know what I mean? If I were to give you odds, let's say if you had to take me and you plus the like against the field and I gave you plus 300 odds or plus 400 odds, let's do plus 400 odds in picking me and you, would you take me and you?
1: Like me and you to win the bracket contest or.
0: One of the two of us to win the bracket contest versus the field, would you take that? So
1: basically me. Or would you need more
0: like plus 1,000 odds? So it's
1: like me plus. It's like me plus three
0: hundred.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I guess you are in there, but that doesn't really affect the odds. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I would take plus three hundred. I throw a unit on that.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'll, beat I'll you say that was...
1: I'm gonna beat you one hundred percent.
0: Oh, I don't know, dude. I've done. You want to make it I interesting? I Typically, do really well in March Madness brackets. I do much better in March Madness brackets than I've ever done in Bowl Pick'em challenges. So don't, don't sleep on your boy, dude. Not a big college basketball guy, sus, but I pause, get into it at sus, the end of the sus, year. Sus, pause. I'm going to be doing do my research it, this year. Do you want to so, make it interesting? Don't sleep on your boy.
1: I know ball, man. That's all I'm trying to say. Hey, pal, I'm asking you a question. Do you want to make this interesting? Yes. What should we bet?
0: Just like me and you straight up?
1: Yeah. Who? Whichever one of us does better in the bracket challenge doesn't have to be – I don't like think a, it should be money. I think it should be something
0: worse. What about like a small tattoo? No. All right. Why don't we leave it up to the listeners? We'll uh, We can make a Twitter poll or ask a Twitter question, you know what I mean, and see what the best punishment is. You know what would
1: be sick is if the loser had to caddy for the other person. That would be funny. Like they had to go ride 18 holes with the other person, but they weren't allowed to play.
0: Yeah, that would be really funny. Like, yeah i'm down that's that's good
1: oh my god do you really want to do that yeah let's do it okay let's shake on it virtually shake it's a bet the loser between you and i has to caddy for the other person 18
0: holes without playing one shot we'll have a cameraman there and everything to prove that it happened <laughs> yeah and we no gotta doubt. get like the little cat we gotta get like the little caddy uh you know attire like it's gotta be official where the Fuck other yeah. person's last name on
1: them. Fuck yeah. I'm definitely in for that. I'm definitely in for that. Um all right, well, let's move on. I wish we could talk about baseball. I w- I really wish we could talk about baseball cuz it's the time can't. of year like it's getting hot outside. Like there should be meaningless spring training games going on right now that I care too much about. I should be prepping my fantasy baseball draft prep. Um and none of that's happening. None of that's happening.
0: It's tough, man. It's tough. I still side with the players, but it's tough. I know you're impartial. You just want baseball, but I'm completely on the player side at this point. The more and more I read about it, it just sucks that we can't get a you know a deal done.
1: Yeah, that's my gripe. It's like I am. I understand the players have been getting screwed for a long time, and they deserve a lot of the things that they're asking for. Like that, to me, is not really up for debate. My question is that, like, if Like, how did you allow it to get to this point? And also, you have to have some sort of exit strategy. You can't play the game where you're just hanging on, waiting for the other side to fold when there's precedent that the other side is not going to fold. It's literally never once happened. And so you're just delaying the inevitable unless there's some unforeseen strategy that I don't know about. Um, but they're playing with. I mean, fire, it's really right? their they're only recourse,
0: right? Like, it's not like they could. I guess they could go play in another league until this happens, but like, what? What's their what's their real recourse? It's nothing in my mind. So, well,
1: you you if you you waited till this point to get it done, and so you have to concede certain points. Like, if they conceded a couple of things here, they might get a couple of things back there, if that makes sense. But like, they, like none of that's ever going to happen. So that's a fool's errand to think that there'll be any concessions. Like, it's not going to get closer to the middle. They're not going to come together. One side is going yeah. to fold in favor of the other side, and I think we all know what side that's going to be. I mean, I I don't know. I, I wish that I thought baseball was going to return, but right now, if you told me before or after, um, you know, April 30th, I, I'm thinking after. Like, I don't think we're going to have baseball in March or April,
0: uh, which sucks. I- I would say it's we're not going to get baseball until June. That would be my conservative pick. I can see if losing. If that happens, we
1: are fucked on this podcast. If that happens and we yeah. can't talk about the Braves every week, we are fucked. Yeah, like we're just going to have we to start interviewing. Train hard, dude. We're going to have to start interviewing every mayor and alderman and politician there ever was just to fill content. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, all right. Well, if we don't have baseball news per se on the field. I think we gotta update the folks on one of Hockrit's podcast's number one rivals, one of our, you know, I think public enemy number one B behind Pablo Sandoval, Mike Mark Fultonevich, back in the news. Spencer, you turned me on to this story, actually. And look, I don't want to I don't wanna laugh um about you know what it's about, but let's just tell the listeners what happened and then go from there. I think we'll be able to make fun of him plenty. Um, Mark, Mike Fulton, wife posted on Instagram, February 27th quote, I want to clarify. I'm no longer with my husband. I have made the difficult decision to separate after years of abuse and discovering his long hidden adultery parentheses eight. So pause for a second. I think that means that he committed adultery eight times but with then, eight
0: different women possibly
1: like i find that hard to believe that eight different human being females would sleep with mark fulton evich but
0: who knows well they were obviously prostitutes dude obviously
1: he is definitely the type of person you could see that would easily pay for sex 100% yes yes and that's not a compliment like it couldn't be more of a diss um all right, yeah, let's continue no, 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 with I, her I'm, I'm with you. let's continue with her post because it's a little heavy let me get through this Um, after discovering his long hidden adultery, parentheses eight, during both pregnancies and post. God, thank you for casting light on a sick soul that I couldn't help. I ask for everyone's privacy and respect during a time that has been an utter nightmare for me to navigate through and my children. As for me and my kids, anywhere but here is for the best. And we have given all of ourselves to support him through years and fought hard for a happy family and a long life. You can be the perfect wife and mother, but you can't change who people really are. End quote. Um, I'll let you respond to that, Spencer. But first, I, I think it's sort of wild to post this on Instagram and then say, "quote I ask for everyone's privacy." Yeah,
0: Sorry. that is wild. Yeah. Uh, let's let's give a real, like, serious moment of respect for a woman who's clearly going through a lot before we just rip her husband to pieces. All right, just like a real. Like Like a moment of silence? That was a real statement. Well, not like a moment of silence, but like, let's throw a hand up. That's a real life situation. That really sucks that she's going through that. It happens to be one of our enemies, like wife, but let's like, that sucks. All right. in, In all seriousness, that sucks. Deal? Deal. Deal. Yes. True. Hand up. Dude, she just burned this dude. Just set him on fire, man. Oh my God. A sick soul? Six soul, six soul is heavy, dog. That's a burn that's and heavy, a half. Dude. That's heavy, dude. That's somebody that's coming from somebody who stood by you when you couldn't throw a strike, you know, the when year you were after. Throwing
1: 77 you, down the cock. Yeah.
0: yeah. Stood by you as, you know, the Pablo Sandovals of the world, the bad hitters of the world, were just taking you yabo, bro. Stood and we by really you, while to, you got remember?
1: crushed by the Cardinals in a decisive game five NLDS. Oh, yeah. Goodbye. Oh, yeah.
0: Dude, you think we've forgotten how you gave up 10 runs in that first? And we knew it was coming. We knew everyone was could see it coming. Everybody could see it coming. And this woman stood by you and you cheated on her, dude. The one person in the world that actually likes you, Mike Fulton, you backstabbed her. You piece of shit. Mike Fulton we don't curse Nevis, this he's a, podcast. Unified
1: piece, piece of shit and you are right. Don't use curse words here. Um, yeah, but he's a fucker and I wish nothing but bad things on him.
0: <laughs> How about that? How about that? Hey man, I I I believe that everyone can change except Mike Fulton dude. I think Mike Fulton can't change, dude. This is who he is.
1: And Pablo so, Sandoval. He's a fat ass yeah, dude. dude. Yeah. And I
0: think bef- I think before this news came out, like I might have put Mike fulton and Dan Quinn in the same general category but dude, he's at the top of the pyramid now he's at the top of the hate pyramid now Dan Quinn right underneath him so congratulations Mike fulton you piece of human garbage
1: yeah, you managed awesome. when, when the world thought you couldn't fuck up anymore you managed to do it and uh, you just elevated yourself to a new low which I yep. I used elevate and low in the same sense.
0: yep yep what a, what a piece of news, dude, just to drop out of nowhere like that. Incredible. Yeah. Also incredible that Mike fulton can still make news.
1: I know, dude. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. I was like, dude, and when I saw Mike fulton name pop up, like, I, I was thinking, I was like, is he playing in some league where he gave up 10 runs in an inning? Like, because surely he's <laughs> got a ripped. That's the only way he's trending. It's the only way I see this guy's name is when he gives up 8 through 2. Did you hear about our girl Brittany Griner?
0: I did hear about our girl, Brittany Griner, former Baylor Bear.
1: Brittany Griner, uh, WNBA star, or I don't know if that's even possible. Uh, yeah, to be a she's w- a stud. She's, she's one of the best star. players
0: in the league. Yeah. Uh,
1: arrested and detained in Russia with hashish on her person.
0: Hashish. Right. Hashish oil. It was like a vape.
1: So hashish oil, is that the same thing as like a, a vape pen with weed?
0: No. Hashish is like a totally different drug. Uh, I mean, well, they're similar. Me. Well, I'm not drug guy. But they're similar, but it's not marijuana. It's like what they smoke over there. I think it's like spice is what it's called. What is called it here? Like,
1: if you get caught with hashish here, is it a felony or a mist-
0: Like, is it? I think it's the same thing, yeah. It's like... Maybe like a little bit more strict. They're a little bit more strict on hashish here than they are weed, but similar.
1: Um, not a great time to be arrested and detained in Russia. You know, not that there no ever it is, is. Not. not that there ever is so a, a little time.
0: context, a little context for, uh, you know, non-basketball people out there. Uh, WNBA players go to Russia to play because they typically make more in Russia during the off season than they do on their WNBA contracts. So, Huh. This news coming out of Russia was a huge. Like, I I almost was like waiting on something to happen with a WNBA player, and sure enough, it did because there's so many American basketball players that are playing in Russia. Whenever this happens, intentions have never been higher. Um, And does Russia have a
1: professional women's basketball league? Is that
0: yes, dude? And they they make more money there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They make more money playing over there than they do here. It's it's like kind of wild. But yeah, um, I've,
1: I've seen WNBA players on social media. Like they, have started doing their thing where they're banding together, talking about how they don't get, they don't get paid enough, and and that they deserve more and all this stuff. Um, check again, ladies, because you're playing in a league that has literally never once turned an annual profit. Every single year, they lose more money than they make. And yeah, so, if you're tough. the workforce at a company or a business that loses money every year, perhaps don't go talking about how you need more money. Perhaps figure out a way to make your league more successful and therefore you get more money. (laughs) I don't think we want to do a WNBA. That's neither
0: here nor there. You know what I mean? And we will get to the Brittany, uh, you know, we will get to that stuff. Um, But I will say also, like, to another point to your credit, most of the WNBA viewership is male. Uh, which is tough it's not being supported by women so I mean women if you want more money basketball players maybe talk to your girls get them to watch that's all I'm screaming. That's all I'm screaming and that might be an ignorant comment but all of those males this is super serious had... this girl is stuck in Russia dude like and she's going to be used as a political bargaining chip like that's going to happen and I don't see this ending super well like from a national security standpoint if they fold, um russia could th- this could be a big win for russia you know what i mean like they have an american whose name means something to dangle over our heads and people are going to freak out dude
1: <laughs> you know i'm sort of picturing like you, do you know tropic thunder the movie <laughs> tropic thunder yeah so when they yeah. when they get ben stiller's character and they make him like do his play every single day like they just make <laughs> him do simple jack every day like on repeat yeah. What if they just made Brittany Griner just go out there and like shoot basketballs or dunk basketballs like every single day?
2: <laughs> That's like, messed up.
1: Like Michael Jordan, when he gets caught on Monster Mountain.
0: I don't want to make jokes about a person who's literally a political prisoner. I don't want to do it. Hand right, up. But that sure? would be funny. Are you sure? Yes. I'm going yes, to.
1: The- we have time. I'm going to let
0: you take that.
1: All right. I'll own that. I'll own that. Um, <laughs> I think I'm pro hashish oil, but I don't know. I guess I need to look into Absolutely. that. or we should, we should have a drug guy on,
0: since it's neither one of Absolutely. us are drug guys. I, I mean, I, dude, I've never smoked. It's called hash. I've never smoked it, but I'm sure it's. I'm pretty sure it's like similar to weed, like fairly similar.
1: Oh, I know what hash is. Yeah, it's that. Is hashish oil the same thing as hash? Yeah, it's hash, dude. Like that. Bro, we're we're learning so much on this podcast today. We're just becoming yeah. smarter people.
0: Yeah. I think I mean um, any comments on how you think this goes down like I mean we're not like you know no
1: I don't have any idea like what the next step would be for Brittany Griner um what what happened to the one of the ball brothers uh in China it was like a few years ago didn't they didn't something happen where they were like arrested in China at an airport when, yeah,
0: yeah he he got caught stealing and that's like a big no no in China, obviously. Yeah, you get your um, hand
1: cut off for that.
0: Um, yeah, so like a lot worse things can happen to you than that. Um, but yeah, he got caught stealing and like notably President Trump took up his cause. Um which that was definitely a political move, you know what I mean? But uh No, not Trump good. with a political move. Well, that was a smart one. But uh yeah, that, that was a little different in that we weren't currently sanctioning the absolute hell out of China at the time. Like, good point. I'm sure, we were to some extent, but not like that. Um,
1: you know, for Ukraine's sake, I hope they don't send Brittany Griner to the front lines because that would be an intimidating thing to see if you're a, a little Ukrainian guy. <laughs> you know, to see Britney Griner walking up with like a machine gun or something—that'd
0: be scary. You know? uh, battle axe. Yeah, they She I had the her with the, she, <laughs> with the battle axe. With the
1: battle axe.
0: Yeah. Charge. Yeah, that would be terrifying to say the least. All
1: right. How I think I that's all segue... I got to say on the So Okay. Terrifying, terrifying. uh 300 plus pound man running a sub five, 40 yard dash. That's also terrifying. And that's what Jordan Davis did at the NFL Combine. Uh, This past weekend, Spencer, like this was all over the place on social media, what Jordan Davis did, and it looks crazy. The video of him running that fast.
0: It was crazy.
1: Am I the only one that doesn't give a shit about the NFL Combine or the measurables? Like, I just it doesn't do it for me.
0: Dude, I'm glad you took it there, dude. Because that's exactly what I was like, I thought this was gonna be the year that the NFL Combine officially faded out of significance forever. You know what I mean? I thought this was gonna be the year. Like it's finally coming back after the pandemic, you know all that stuff, yada yada yada. It's been getting it's been gaining like less and less steam over the past few years. I thought this was the year that it died, and I swear I've never, never in the past five years have I seen more hype for the NFL Combine than I have this year. Like, there's been so much news coming out of it, and like so much, so many people on Twitter like, "Did you see this? You see this?" We're even talking about the frigging NFL Combine, and it matters. It does not matter to be clear. Like it never. It's has so once translated boring, to on the field, dude. It's so boring. Yeah, it's so dude. boring. It's so boring, and like it's, do Everybody, people were requesting it to watch it on TV at my job. Like it's like, dude, you know, this stuff does not matter, right?
1: Wait, at the bar downtown, they were request like, hey, can you switch this to the NFL
0: Combine? Yes, bro. Like out of nowhere, like I thought this thing had died. I thought I thought it was officially dead and why do they have it in indianapolis every year that's another sounds, question. Like,
1: sounds like a bunch of losers in your bar bro yeah.
0: yeah no i mean i don't think much was on that day i don't remember what was going on but mm. yes yeah, still likely story
1: uh i think it's crazy anyway. that we still have unofficial 40 yard times like and then the time gets changed by like 0.2 seconds once the official yeah. time comes in um you know it's 2022 i don't think we need like an old guy standing there with a stopwatch at a little table that they set up <laughs> on the field to and then writes it down in his little notebook and then reports it as fat. Like, maybe come up with an automatic way to time the 40 yard dash and just report that time. You
2: know what I mean? Or like, maybe just
0: what years? Or it? maybe just stop doing it, dude. Or maybe just stop doing it because it doesn't matter and it doesn't impact how a person's drafted anymore and it hasn't in years. So, like, maybe just stop doing it, you know? Yeah, so well, I'm screaming. Maybe they'll stop doing it if
1: people stop requesting it to be on the TV at bars.
0: True. You know, a lot of GMs like they go. I've 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 done a fair amount of reading on this. A lot of GMs go to the Combine, don't even watch, and they just party for a week. Like they just hang out with the other GMs, eat steaks, <laughs> chill, don't watch a second of the combine and then go home. Like they don't even look at the results. Is there
1: a city that screams? Is there a city that screams louder, a bunch of old white guys partying together than Indianapolis, Indiana? No. Like that's no, the no. perfect spot for those guys.
0: Yeah, and I think the reason they have it is because Indianapolis is like famous for their steakhouses. I think that's why the GMs like going there, dude. I really do.
1: So fucking funny. That's so. I funny. think that's
0: it, and I think it's not any deeper than that.
1: Um, the what Dolphins owner, the Dolphins owner is probably there, um, trying to bribe players. Hey, if you run s- slower than six 00,
0: I'll give you hundred thousand dollars, right here, bro. So just- you know, <laughs> you know, Jim Ursay is there holding court, just absolutely, just putting out just nonsense every time he talks. Like Jim Ursay is a real barely one, dog. coherent speeches. You All right, well,
1: let's move on from the combine. Um, we'll wrap up here. Let's let's do a couple minutes on the Atlanta professional basketball team, Spencer. They're 31 and 32 as we record Monday afternoon. They got the Pistons tonight, then the Bucks on Wednesday. Spencer, the Atlanta professional basketball franchise is two wins away right now from once again becoming the Hawks. This is a big two-game stretch for them. If they can get over 500, they will once again become the Hawks. They're a 10-seed in the Eastern Conference, um, once again, at 31 and 32. I had them at a 10-seed ceiling last time. You had an 8-seed ceiling last time. Uh, Let's correct the seed ceiling, watches. What what do you got as we sit here today, Monday afternoon?
0: All right, so from the strict definition of ceiling, I believe they can get to the 7th seed. I think they've got a favorable schedule. They're starting to figure some stuff out as long as they remain healthy. That's as high as they're getting. They're getting the seven seed. It would be it would they would need they would need it like a near miracle to catch the calves at the six seed. Um, so I'm going to stick with seven seed ceiling. Um, that's the, probably the best case scenario. Uh dude. All right, I'm going to
1: write it down so we're official here. You got seven seed ceiling. I'm going to bump them up to a nine seed ceiling from from a ten seed last time. They've won two in a row. I got to respect that. Yeah. Um, and I also I also think that. Like they're getting enough from a second guy every game to, to make up for Collins being out, to make up for Herter being a little bit banged up. Like uh, yeah. the way Hunter played the other night was, was really good. So I think nine seed and look, I, like as a Celtics fan who, by the way, the Celtics are absolutely cruising dog. They've won 16, yeah. of 19, 16 of 19. They're rolling. Tatum put up 54 on Sunday against the nets. Like I think as a Celtics fan, I do not want any part of the Hawks in a first round playoff matchup. Give me the Cavs over the Hawks any day of the week. And that might be a matchup thing. Oh yeah. But like, I don't want any part of a superstar in the first round of the playoffs. If I can avoid it, you know what I mean? Like it's sort of like Luca in the West with Dallas. Like give me Cleveland who has a bunch of good players and a better record than Atlanta over Trey young. Any day. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Dude. Well, I think like no matter who makes it out of the play in tournament, well, actually, it doesn't matter who, but the Nets or the Hawks at a seven and eight seed is absolutely terrifying. Um, and, yeah. And today, I, I think, look,
1: if the play if the playing game was today, Spencer, it would be Atlanta at Brooklyn as the nine and 10. So then the right. winner of that game would play the winner of Charlotte and uh, I can't remember the other team right there, but like. The winner of that nine ten game, Hawks Nets, if it does work out that way, they could. I could easily see them making the conference finals, like, like more so than Nets. But
0: I think I think crazy. the the Hawks are much 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 stronger than a normal eight seed. I will say that, uh, given Trey Young and the the offense alone, like the defense is going to have to figure itself out. But the the game tends to slow down in you know in the playoffs and like. Shooters' hands get sweaty and stuff. Like, I'm not gonna say defense doesn't matter as much. Like, but I, I will say that regular doesn't season matter. defense and I'll, I'll say this regular season defense and postseason defense are two different things. Like the game just slows down. You don't have to defend the fast break as well. Um a lot of things changes. And you know, effort level just naturally rises, and effort level has been an issue for this Hawks team. So like they were a different team than they were in the regular season last year. In the playoffs, and I think the same thing could happen, um, but you don't you don't want to run into a squad like Miami right off the rip. You don't want to run into, I mean, you don't want to see the Bucks.
1: Yeah, I, would I think say you the, don't want to see the Bucks. I, I think, like, not based on the standings. And we'll wrap up here, not based on the standings, but the three teams in the East that I think are most feared to play in the playoffs for me would be in no specific order: Brooklyn, Philly milwaukee like the bulls are good the heat are good but again like they don't it's not like and they could easily win the east all both of those teams the bulls and the heat but give me playing i would rather play those teams than nets philadelphia or milwaukee because they all have those superstars
0: you know playing so right um, i think philly wants to play atlanta so bad i think philly fans want to play atlanta so bad i might be wrong about that but I mean, why wouldn't you? You come out with this, you know, an actual superstar. Now you got rid of that lame duck in Ben Simmons. Um, What a nutcase. The Nets to me. or
1: hasn't played. He's not going to play Thursday night when the Nets play in Philadelphia. And so that means, Spencer, that that potentially, if Ben Simmons ever plays again, who knows if he'll come back. But if he comes back for the Nets and he doesn't play Thursday night in Philly, there's a chance that the first time that Ben Simmons is back in Philadelphia playing – is in, a, is in an Eastern Conference playoffs series. If you're Philadelphia, I mean, if you're Brooklyn, the last fucking thing I want is Ben Simmons playing his first game back in Philly in the playoffs. Why not do it on a Thursday night in the regular season?
0: Right. So who well, knows? Because he's weak.
1: Yeah. Um, props or respect to his mental challenges, though. We don't want to go there.
0: Yeah. Sure.
1: Um, sure, right. dude. Look, let's wrap up. We'll get to our interview with. Tybee Island city councilman, Brian West. Um, this was a fun one. Uh, another politician on board, but talked about some Tybee issues with him um, as the summer's coming up. Also reacted a little bit to our interview with mayor Johnson last week. Especially um, right. surprised dude. our interview with mayor Johnson did not do as many numbies as I thought it would, um, but hopefully it'll catch on a little bit. So the last episode we did episode one Oh four. Um, if you want to go back and listen to that with mayor Johnson. Um, so we'll get you to that interview quickly Two local things. Spencer Savannah state men's basketball team won the SEAC tournament. They were winning in this championship game of the conference tournament. Spencer 42 to 15 at halftime. 42 to 15. Jeez. At halftime. And they ended up running away with the thing. So they're in the division two college basketball tournament. Shout out to Savannah state tigers. Um, Horace broadnecks their coach, is a fucking real one, dog. There's a video of him coming in, the, you know, the coaches coming in the locker room and doing a dance, and the players all all freak out. Always fire. Yeah, so there's a video of him doing that, um, you know, in the post game of their conference title win, uh, which was cool. So happy for those guys. We'll be rooting for them in the Division Two playoffs. Um, they could probably beat Georgia head to head on a neutral court right now. That's not an exaggeration at all. <laughs> uh, and then the last local thing, Spencer, the world series trophy tour that we've talked about a couple times, they announced um, the date or the time and the place for the S- St. Patrick's day visit. So the trophy tour will be here. St. Patrick's day in Johnson square from 12 PM to 5 PM. Um, so if you want to go see the commissioner's trophy, uh, you can take a picture with it. I think blooper, the Braves mascot will also be here. So that'll be interesting. That, that the World Series trophy is going to be in the middle of a, as Mary Van Johnson puts it, in the middle of a drunk fest.
0: So it'll be right. It'll be right <laughs> are, we, are we going to go and take a picture with the trophy?
1: Yeah, I think the trophy has already reached out to us, wanting to take a picture with us. Um, right. So we're going to have to do that. Maybe we'll have the trophy on and we'll just interview him.
0: That would be sick. That would be really awesome.
1: Yeah, it'd be if great we concert. just had a
0: microphone and we filmed ourselves asking trophy questions and just put the microphone up to the trophy. <laughs> he didn't say anything. That that would be perfect. One of our um, most
1: fire interviews to date.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey. Well, we ripped. We really ripped the, tr- the trophy in episode one hundred and six. So he reached out to us and wanted to uh,
1: come on. The <laughs> that's, that's right. His office reached out to us. Yeah. Hey, how do they find you, you on Twitter? It.
0: Find me. Well, first off, I wanted to say thank you to. Councilman Brian West for coming on. That was awesome. We've known him for a number of years. So it was cool to have that, you know, him come on our podcast. Uh, But follow me on Twitter at Spencer Maddox underscore. Don't you dare forget that underscore. Trav, how do they find you?
1: At Jadon sports for me. uh, Make sure you rate, subscribe, rate, subscribe. Um, If you're on Spotify listening, or if you're on Apple, just click that subscribe, scroll down to the bottom five stars, five stars only. Um, The hot grits on Instagram for the show's account. Uh, We will see you guys next week for episode 106. We'll have a March Madness breakdown, a bracket breakdown, hopefully get a guest on as well. Um, So now we'll get you guys to our interview with Tybee Island City Councilman Brian West. We'll see you guys next time on episode 106. Stay safe, wash your hands, you filthy animals. All right, well, welcome now by Councilman Brian West from Tybee Island, City Council. Um, Brian has been on Tybee for 11 years, a Tybee resident for 11 years, and won the November 2021 uh, Tybee Island City Council election. You guys know Hockeritz is the political headquarters uh, of Savannah, so we wanted to have him on to talk about some stuff before the summer, um, and basically maybe a reaction to what we had last week with Mayor Van Johnson. Um, Councilman West, thank you for joining us.
2: Thanks for having me. Uh, pleasure to talk
1: with you. Councilman West, we are a pro-Globe podcast, a pro-Durin Avenue Globe podcast, and we ask almost every one of our guests um, off the rip if they're pro-Globe, if they stand with the Duran Avenue Globe, because we got to know if we're on the same team or not. So can we consider you a pro-Globe co- councilman?
2: I'm I'm absolutely a pro-Globe councilman. Um, you know, before coming to Tybee, I lived in, in Savannah all my life, Uh, and that globe has been there, um, since before I was born. And, uh, I I hear, I mean, you guys may know more than I do, but I hear that it's, the plans are for it to stay with all the construction going on around it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And look, we're not going to take full responsibility for it. Just, just the majority of the responsibility for saving the globe. Um, Spencer likes to say that we took on big oil and we won.
2: Yeah, I, well, yeah. you should take credit for that. And you, and you come from a long line of um, of people who have done that over the years. So uh, congratulations.
1: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. We're, we're not here for the awards. Um, all right. Second question for you, Councilman West. Can you get us out of any parking tickets that we may accumulate on Tybee this summer? Because that's the first thing I think of when it comes to Tybee summers, is that I know I'm going to get at least 50 to to $100 uh, in parking tickets. So can we count on you to help us out on that?
2: It depends. Um, you know, if you're in front of my house, no. Um, but if you're anywhere else (laughs) on the island, I'll see what I can do.
0: (laughs) You were elected in November of 2021, correct? Or excuse me. Yeah. November of 2021, correct? Or 2020. Okay. Uh, the Braves then immediately win the world series just right after your election, thus breaking the Georgia sports curse. Is that coincidence, or did you bring some level of confidence to Georgia that was lacking prior to that? Also, Georgia won the national championship too.
2: That too. Yeah. Well, but you know, both of those, both of those were um, seemed like for a while there we couldn't lose, and um, and it was uh, just like for the for the dogs and for the Braves, um, it took a lot of work um, to get to that point. So uh, I was, um, you know, Tabby is. very very politically active i think it's more politically active than some some other cities uh, around the state Lot, lots of involvement um mostly what well, i don't know this for you know i haven't studied the the uh consensus down here but i feel like there's probably mostly retirees down here um, who are very concerned about the island and the future of the island and they're very involved in who gets elected and you know what the issues are so uh it did and i actually i ran in 2019 as well and i didn't win but really, for, for the you know two years since then, I've been, um, you know, kind of quietly um, promoting, uh, you know, Bryan-Westford City Council. And um, I think it, it finally paid off. I love yeah, that I'll, serious I'll answer to that ridiculous question. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you, you said that you ran in 2019. I, I think I understand from my brief research into this that that um, eight council or eight candidates ran that year in 2019, and you came in sixth that year. And then in November 2021, you collect the most votes out of seven candidates. So you go from like sixth out of eight to first out of seven. Uh, that's a pretty radical
2: jump. What, what do you attribute that to, Councilman? Well, you know, I mean, I, we, we back then, I had lived down here, you know, nine years back in 2019. And you feel like after that long and, you know, we, my, my wife and I, we, we like to go, you know, go out and see people and talk and meet people. And, um, you know, we've enjoyed that process. And I thought that, you know, a lot of people knew me. But apparently, you know, well, obviously, you know, they did. not um, So that, that's that was kind of a hard work I was talking about. I took the opportunity to make sure I got to know um, more people, uh, you know, during that during that time. And, you know, the former uh, former mayor, Jason Buhlman, um was very encouraging during that time uh, and, and said, you know, just just keep, you know, keep at it. And next time you'll be fine. And, and uh, he was right. Uh, we had Mayor Van Johnson on our podcast last week
0: uh, talking about some of the changes to St. Patrick's Day that were upcoming. Um, I know you've heard that interview. What shocked us the most, and I think Travis would agree with this because it was definitely his question, what shocked us the most was that he seemed to think that there was no backlash, or just like mostly support uh, from local Savannians for his changes, especially calling you know St. Patrick's Day just a drunk fest and uh, you know that sort of thing. Would you contest that at all, or do you? Is that your experience too, as a you know someone who's been in Savannah for most of their life?
2: You know we're, we're never going to have agreement on everything. and obviously you know there's going to be people that disagree with with the way you're trying to do things. I've, I've kind of learned you know through this first two months that I've been in office that there's a lot that the people that you know haven't been elected don't you know don't have information about you know don't have experience about, you know, the way things work and what your what your role is as an elected official. And one of the things I've learned is that, you know, city government has some very basic functions. And one of those is the safety of its citizens. And, um, you know, that has you have to think about that first. Are we going to create an environment where, you know, there's a chance that people may get hurt and people want to be free and want to be independent? They want to do what they want to do. And generally speaking, don't like rules for themselves. A lot of times they like rules <laughs> for everybody else, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> for them, not for themselves. So I understand, I understand. I probably, you know, three months ago I might not have um, understood where he was coming from, but I think I do now. And um, he wants to create, you know, an environment that um, limits harm to people. And I heard what he had to say about, you know, extending the uh, the open container zone and not having bands on River street. And I think he's just trying to spread the crowd out so that, um, you know, there's less chance for for harm. You know, down on River Street. So, I you know, I, I do kind of understand what he's saying. Another thing that happens, I found, is that I I really can't, I really can't look at um, at much social media anymore because um, you, you, we have to be very careful about what we say in, in the public arena. And everything that makes you mad, you can't just fire back at. You know, uh, so right. it's um you, it's it's after and 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 van johnson's been in it a whole lot longer than i have and he's probably become very maybe i shouldn't make assumptions but he he's likely um distanced himself from social media in general and you know doing what he the people that surround him or who he was talking about the you know the um the river street um you know parade committees and the the merchants and those guys who were looking for a good experience for their businesses and for their constituents. So that's that's what he's going to be listening to. Um, and, yeah, there's going to be there's going to be complainers and people are going to disagree with me, you know, on things that, I, that I'm going to stand for. Um, but that doesn't mean we necessarily change, um, you know, the way we feel about it or the way we think it should be. I, I had the opportunity to meet this past weekend with um, state. I mean, I'm sorry, U.S. Senator um, John Ossoff. And um, he has introduced a bill, which you may have heard about, which will um, continue the, uh, the core's ability to, to uh, provide uh, renourishment for the beach. So uh, that's a really good thing that's going to happen for not just for Tybee, but for Savannah, you know, for Chatham County, for, you know, people with, you know, out as far as as pool or Bloomingdale that come to, you know, that come to the beach and enjoy our beach. So he's making it possible for a lot of people to be able to come to our Island and spend money. So, you know, I appreciate very much that he's doing that for us. And I want to support that even though we might not agree on, you know, a lot of other things.
1: Yeah. And look, I think a lot of that makes sense to me. And and I don't want to stay on, on, you know, Mayor Johnson's comments on St. Patrick's day for too long, but just to follow up on that, I like for me, councilman West, I think what I was most shocked by was that was the PR and, and sort of the timing and the way it was announced, like, You know, as a politician, as a mayor of a city, the way that you keep your job, you know, every four years is by people liking you and people voting, going to the ballot and voting for you. And so I just didn't I guess I didn't understand, you know, why why he would use drunk fest, why he would do that, because certainly politicians aren't they're not stupid. Like they know that PR matters and the way you're perceived matters. And I just didn't understand why he would like radically take a stance on that of all things. You know what I mean? Like, why would you do some, why would you make St. Patrick's day a contentious issue in Savannah, Georgia? Like, it just didn't make sense to me, but maybe there's parts of it I'm missing.
2: Yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't think he did miss anything. Um, it's a, it's kind of a, you know, it's like, I think he said that it's a chance to start over, you know, it's, um, because we we haven't had it for so years. So it's a chance to just to kind of have a fresh start with it. And he's probably taking advantage of that. Savannah during St. Patrick's Day is just like, you know, Tybee every weekend in the summer. We have about, you know, 3,000 residents uh, that live here on Tybee. But on July 4th, there's, you know, 60 to 80,000 people here. And those people aren't the ones voting for us. You know, those, the, the ones that are voting for us are the ones that live here and that want to have a, you know, want to have a good experience as residents. So um, he's going to, you know, when when four years comes around, he's going to want to make sure, uh, you know, those people are happy um, and not necessarily the ones that come to party. Now, don't get me wrong. I, You know, and especially at Tybee, you know, this is a vacation island. It has been my whole life. I mean, this, this island has always been full of vacation homes and people come down here to blow off steam. And, um, you know, I want them to have the opportunity to do that. And uh, I want this to be a fun place to come, Um, but also want it to be safe for everybody. So um, that's that's kind of how absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And speaking of Tybee in the summer, Mr. Bryant, or excuse me, Councilman West.
1: No, I think Sorry. you need to call him Mr. Brian. I'll call him Councilman
0: West. Okay.
2: <laughs> I like that. I like Mr. that. Mr.
0: Brian, as I've called you for 20-plus years. Mr. Brian. I was going to say you're giving um,
2: away, you're, you've given it away that we know each other a long
0: time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we'll have talked about that. No worries. No worries. Um, so I need you – this is not a question that you normally get asked as a politician, but I want you to go on record here, if you will. Top three bars on Tybee Island for the summer. Where should I be?
2: Go. Uh, it depends on what you want.
0: <laughs> classic. Um, no, 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 no. That's it. It's, it's meant to be an unfair question. You got to rank
2: from my perspective. I mean, the places I like to go, um, probably number one would be the quarter, um, best, best food, um, uh, you know, late at night. If you want food late at night, uh, the only drawback with the quarter is that they allow smoking in there. Um, but I, I grew up on secondhand smoke, so you know I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, uh, <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, probably the, the nicest looking and the, you know, the, the place you want to dress a little bit nicer to go to is, um, Coxburg grill. Um, the food is decent and the bar is beautiful and the people are great there. So that's always a fun place to go. Um, stingrays, uh, is, is fun. It's fun off season. Uh, it's a great place to go and see friends and, and, and get to know some people, but, um, you know on season you know well <laughs> I've, I've i think i've been there enough now that i can just walk right past all the people which is kind of makes me feel bad um you know when they're all been standing out there an hour waiting to eat but i can walk in and you know walk in and talk to people that are sitting at the bar or whatever um well, you're and, a vip man
1: oh that's um, a big time yeah, flex yeah, well, too that's a yeah. big flex
2: yeah th- these friends don't think that so that <laughs> 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 that's okay <laughs> um but um, yeah, I would say those that was I mean, was that a serious question? You want to know what my top three were? Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. I want you to rank them. You know, it might be news to some people on your podcast that um, Rock House is changing its venue. It's going to be mostly restaurant right now, and um, and they're not right. going to be so so much bar anymore. Yeah, and uh, they're 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 kind of leaving their tables set up inside, um, you know, almost all the time now. So. Um, that's not and, and really I am I'm glad to hear that because the rock house was um was probably the wildest place down here. And um uh yeah. Yeah, that's one word for the rock
1: house. I have responsibly gotten belligerent at the rock house dozens of times. <laughs> and, I, and I'm pretty sure that I had a fun time uh all of those <laughs> times, but I, I can't be positive.
0: Pretty yeah. sure the last time I smoked a cigarette was outside of the rock
2: house. Pretty sure. Well if that's when you, in that's
1: Rome. Right. When in Rome, my man.
2: That yeah. and Benny's, you know, Benny's is, is always a fun place too. you know, karaoke and, um, you know, and, and we will we, we'll be able to all like cram in there, you know, together again uh, this summer. So um, that's that's always that's always fun, too.
1: Yeah, I was at Benny's. I think the last time I was there was maybe like three years ago. It was the last time that Georgia it was when Georgia lost to Florida and they had I think they had one dollar jello shots or something. But I, they were like five dollars by the time I left. I we, we just cleaned them out <laughs> of all the shots. Um, hey, should I, I was, you should
2: go back and go there again.
1: Well, I am if we can get this parking ticket thing situated.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, I could
1: be a wanted man on Tybee for the amount of parking tickets that I have on <laughs> no, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> We might edit. We might edit that part out. Um, Hey, I've always wanted to know why why aren't there like several different fast food chains on Tybee? I mean, the the classic Arby's that was just uh, I think a nightmare for for everyone that that tried to go there. But like, why isn't there like a McDonald's or other fast food places on Tybee? Is that like a conscious effort? I don't I don't know if you know the answer to that. Uh, there's
2: two. I think there's two answers. Um, uh, one is is that I don't think the citizens really support. Um, chains. We kind of like our thing down here, you know? Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but more so than that is, you know, those businesses, you know, those chains are accustomed to having a steady stream of year round income. And that doesn't happen here from, you know, November to March. So, um, right. they don't like seeing the numbers. They don't understand why the numbers go away. And, uh, so they, they don't stay
1: commercial and residential electrical services that you can trust Brady Electric is Savannah's number one electrical services for commercial and residentials since 1970. It's family owned and family operated. Reach them today at 912 233 1561 or 1104 East 35th Street. Brady Electric, that's two D's, B R A D D Y, five stars on Yelp, five stars on Google Reviews, and Savannah's number one electrical servicer since 1970 call them today 912-233-1561 all right it's never too late to join the savannah adult baseball league three leagues 18 plus 30 plus and 40 plus you can sign up today as a free agent before opening day on march 13th dot com. Also, find the Savannah Adult Baseball League on Facebook. Opening day, Sunday, March 13th. So, check them out today, sign up, and play competitive baseball in the Savannah area. SAVMABL.com. All right, right back to the interview now. Well, so, hey, well, tell us a couple of what's on the docket for you. What are some of the initiatives that, or issues or, or things that, that you're working on right now? Um, as far as Tybee Island goes, I mean, most of our listeners are, are in the Savannah area, um, and they're not Tybee Island residents, but they're, you know, frequent, frequenting Tybee Island, you know, pretty often during the summer. What what are
2: some of the things, um, that people should be looking out for that you guys are working on? Uh, the, I guess the, the next thing that's coming up on the agenda, uh, there's two things. One is a, um, ban on smoking on the beach, uh, so they had a they had back before uh, COVID, they had they implemented an ordinance that didn't allow smoking around the pier. And this was uh, an effort by a group of a group of citizens called Tabby Clean Beach Volunteers, um, headed by Tim Arnold. Um, very, very um, happy these guys are on Tabby and the, and they do the work that they do. I've been out there with them picking up trash. Um, it's amazing, you know how people, you know, think it's okay to throw things down. Um, but anyway, we have that, that happens, you know, we understand that's, that's, that's the mentality of some people. And so uh, they go out there and they clean it up. And the number one, by far, I mean, by far, the number one thing they picked up was cigarette butts. And so the effort, the, the idea, the thinking was that um, if we don't, if we don't have smoking around the pier where the most people are, then, um, you know, we won't have as many cigarette butts to pick up. And then, uh, COVID came and people didn't come to the beach. We lost the number of volunteers that we used to have out there. So there weren't as many out there picking up. Um, and we were hoping to see that, or this group was hoping to see that, um, the number of butts would go down because of the ordinance. Um, but that, that didn't happen. And there's a lot of things that, you know, could have been the reason for that, you know, other than people not smoking. Mm -hmm. One of the things they think is, you know, maybe people didn't know that they couldn't smoke on the beach. There wasn't really a lot of advertising about it. Um, Enforcement wasn't good during pandemic Um, and, you know, it could have been any other thing. So their effort now is to, um, is to just ban smoking on the whole beach. And then I think the thought is that if everybody knows you can't smoke on the beach instead of in just one area, then that will that will reduce the amount of trash on the beach as well. And again, you know, I, I, I am I appreciate these guys so much and what they do. And and Tim and I are friends, and and I, um, you know, I I, I I like what he does. Um, but you know, it's one of the things that makes Tobby quirky. You know, we do some different things down here, uh, and. And one of, you know, one of the things is is smoking on the beach. I've also, you know, when I was campaigning, I also, you know, had friends that I met and people that I met that said, do not, you know, whatever you do, do not, ban, you know, ban smoking on the beach or anything else. Really? Yeah. I mean, the the only thing that I, that bothers me about smoking on the beach is um, if you don't do it and somebody's sitting up wind, I'm sorry, somebody's sitting down wind, then you're smoking too. You know, you may have to move or or something like that. So yeah. that's the, that's kind of the nuisance part of it. Um, but I feel like we already have an ordinance um, for trash and, you know, we, we, sh- we'll, we'll enforce that. Let's enforce that. You know, you're going to get fined if you litter. I think we should, instead of advertising no smoking, I think we should be advertising, you know, bag your butt <laughs> or, Ooh, you know, bring I a- like
1: that. I like that. <laughs>
2: Bring a bag or something that says, don't walk That's down good here. Marketing. Without... <laughs> Thanks. Don't walk down here without something that, you know, you have, you have to put in your trash and let the, let the enforcement come around and say, Hey, where's your bag? You know, where's your bag for your stuff? And get that, get that in people's minds. Secure the bag. I'm going to, I'm going to disagree bag. with you there, Mr.
0: Brian. I think you should go up against big tobacco two months into your campaign or yep, two months you into your uh, term. Okay. I think you should take them on.
2: Yeah. Um, that would I, I, <laughs> I would likely lose in in four years if I if I was voting for banning smoking on the beach. <laughs> no, no, Fair no. Enough. It's
1: a group effort. Look, we will we will make the hashtag "Bring Your Bag, Bag Your Butt," uh, anti butts. Like we need to come up with a pro phrase, like pro globe. We need to come up with like a pro bag uh, yeah. phrase or something. But we'll we'll workshop that uh, for next time.
2: Okay. All right. That sounds good. So uh, uh, yeah, tell me what
1: do y'all think? Do y'all do y'all think we should ban smoking on the beach? So I, I'm, I'm still currently a smoker, hand up, like, not great. But here's the thing. When I go to the beach, like, I don't even consider lighting a cigarette because it's so damn hard because it's so windy. It's impossible. And so, like, I ne- I would never, like, I, I don't think I would react one way or the other. But I would say this. Like, I think when I look at, like, hyper-local issues like that, I think about, like, if some if a councilman or a mayor or somebody – you know, puts their mind to this and they and they say that this is what they want done, whether I agree with it or not, and then they go out and accomplish that and like get it done and get that rule passed, then I would respect the hell out of that. Like I think that, that to me is something like everyone has their issues that they love, but then, you know, rarely do things get changed or passed or anything gets done about it. It's just sort of a campaign platform. So I mean I'm I'm all for it, I think. Even though I'm a smoker, I'm all
0: I, for it. I one hundred percent support banning smoking on the beach uh if not only because you can smoke in the damn bars there like why do you have to go on the beach and throw it where a sea turtle can get it just go get a drink and smoke in the actual bar where it's not windy i mean
1: i didn't even think about the turtles either good point
0: yeah there's turtles dude
1: i know that now (laughs) I i didn't know there were turtles impacted by cigarette butts before this but now i do I mean, I don't know I mean, if
2: they eat the cigarette. Bucks. I mean, just They're because Spencer. I mean, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Travis, that's all I've got for Mister Brian. You got anything else for him? Uh, yeah, I got one more, uh,
1: Mister Brian. If you got time. Sure. Sorry, Councilman West. You keep calling on Mister Brian Spencer. That's my guy. Um, uh Yeah. Just okay. So just to close up, ha- I I know a few people and a few bartenders that work down on Tybee, and you know I think generally like you know, coming into this, I I texted a few of them and just asked, like, hey, what are some of the things, like, you know, what would you guys like to ask a councilman of Tybee if if you had the chance? And I think a couple of them, you know, expressed issues with the fact that many of the people that work down there, um, especially in that industry, the service industry, could never afford to live, you know, in the city that they work um, on Tybee Island. I don't know if there's like a practical change that that could help that, or that could help more of them, you know, afford to live on Tybee. But like, is that an issue that that you ever think about, or that people bring up to you?
2: I've talked to many many business owners here on Tybee about that, and it is a concern. What I don't know is you know, how, what is that number? How how many people, you know, right? My my son and um, his his future bride, um, you know, don't live down here. One of them works down here, but they also go to school, you know, uh, across town. So they love working down here, but don't want to live down here because it's too far to go to school. You know, so um, it just it just depends upon what how many people do we have that that need this assistance? So that that's that's number one. Um, Yes, there are there are people down here interested in doing something about it. And there's ideas floating around about what could be done about it. Uh, and I'm very interested in talking with uh, and, and I have been I've been talking with some people about some things we could do. But the first thing we know, you know before we plan to spend X amount of dollars is how many people are we talking about? You know, we don't want to spend, you know, you know, an X, X amount of dollars and only have five people you know, that, that need a place to stay. Sure. Um, one, one of the things I introduced uh, that's going to hopefully come to vote is um, is parking for service industry workers. So the um, the owner of the business would be able to temporarily assign parking to their their wait staff or if they work in a T-shirt shop or wherever it may be, um, you know, the ability to go park somewhere while they're on while they're on their shift. Um, so we're trying to figure out how to make that easy for them to do, maybe through the app, um, how to make it where they're not giving it away to friends and not their you know employees. Uh, so you know, we're, we're thinking through that process to at least try to make it better so they don't have to spend so much money to park when they come down here to work.
1: All right, there he is, Councilman Brian West from Tybee Island City Council. Um, hey, we really appreciate you coming on. Thank you, guys. It was nice talking.